following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Are you happy to be in church? Are you happy? Isn't it a great day? Just an awesome day to be in the house of God. And I love seeing some of you for the first time back in church on Easter Sunday, and that means we'll see you again and again and again and again and again. And some of you were shocked that I still remembered your name. Uh, Once I get it locked in, it's hard to get out of there. And so I'm happy to see all of you today. What a joy. Uh, I want to make one statement today. There's a man in his family here named Dennis Walthagen who did the steel work for this church. He put the, and it's not going to fall down, I promise. And he did it, and, and he, he brought a, a re- reimbursement check to the church today that he said, I don't want this. I want the church to have it, and it's several thousand dollars. Would you give the Walt Hagen? I, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. He built it. He refunded. That's so precious. And uh, Dennis, I didn't mean to embarrass you, so I didn't have you stand. Would you all stand today? I'm, I'm going to preach a, I'm going to preach a message today called Great Fishes. Now, don't go to telling me I'm uneducated. And I don't know, that's not, it's not, that's not it, Pastor. That's, that's not the word. It's great fish. Fish is plural. No, I'm going to call them great fishes. That's what I'm preaching on today. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm using it right because I'm going to preach about the resurrection today from a different slant. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus, Jesus is, is risen. risen. Never say he rose. Don't never put him in the past tense. Jesus is alive right now. Right now. Right now. So I might as well get started. Please be seated. You're awesome people. John 20 is a fabulous chapter. It's the resurrection chapter. The first verse talks about an empty tomb. It talks about the first woman at the tomb, Mary Magdalene. They named her after the city she was from, Magdala. She was a prostitute in an army town. Jesus cast seven devils, spirits out of her. And I believe she is the woman that he said, neither do I forgive, condemn thee, go and sin no more. But she runs when she sees the empty tomb and tells Peter and John they have taken Jesus. And Peter and John run to the tomb. I find on resurrection morning there was a lot of running. (laughs) And that's happening today. We're running from things. We're running to things. We're running scared. We're afraid. We have pain. We have family problems. But when Peter and John arrived at the tomb, both saw grave clothes. Now they did see a napkin folded, but they saw grave clothes. I call it laundry. They saw laundry. They saw these disheveled grave clothes at the foot of the tomb and then both went home. But Mary, right after that, went to the same tomb and she saw angels. She saw angels. I've always said women see better than men do. And they asked her a question, why are you weeping? The angels and Jesus asked the same question, why are you weeping? And she said, to the angels, they've taken him and I don't know where they've laid him. And to Jesus, she said, because she assumed he was the gardener. She said, if you have taken him, if you have taken him, please, would you let me know where he's at so I can go and take him with me? And then Jesus called her Mary. 
And when she heard his voice, she knew he was her master, her Rabboni, her savior. I want to test today how awake you are. I got a riddle for you. What question can you never answer yes to? The answer is, are you asleep? <laughs> now, I'm a, I'm a talkback preacher. I like people to talk back to me. Now, don't, you don't have to holler the walls down. But I like more than a nod and a cough. And maybe a way to go. I like an amen every now and then. John 21 said, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, the same as the Sea of Galilee. And in this way, he showed himself Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples, I call them you and me, were together. And Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great, there's that word, fishes. So get on John when you get to heaven one day and say you used the wrong word. 153 of them. And for all that there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Many theologians think that John 21 was written by someone else. They really do. It's like an epilogue that doesn't fit to the, all the other chapters of John. John's writing like he's finished in chapter 20 in verse 31, 30 and 31. He caps his book and closes with, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It sounds like John signed off. But in John 21, we have this fishing story. This fishing story, and it's a wonderful story. If you like fishing, one fisherman I heard got tired of people doubting his veracity. So he bought a scale and took it with him to his favorite fishing hole and he insisted on weighing every fish he caught just to prove that he didn't exaggerate the weight of the fish. Months later, his wife had a baby and the doctor borrowed the man's fishing scale to weigh the baby and the doctor gasped. He said, I've never seen a newborn baby that weighed 50 pounds. <laughs> you know the difference between a hunter and a fisherman, don't you? Hunters lie and wait and fishermen wait and lie. Jesus had appeared. Now, I know y'all are all dressed up. Y'all so pretty today. Everybody's so pretty today. Y'all so pretty. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you let me talk to you and be your pastor today and, and for a long time, some of you. But I, 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 I want to tell you something. Even in those pretty dresses and those nice pantsuits and those nice suits you men are wearing for the first time in three years. I'm so happy we're having Easter service. We didn't have this last year. I preached to an empty building last year. What a joy to have Easter today. 
But Jesus had appeared two times after his resurrection, both to disciples in a locked room. First time Thomas wasn't there, the second time he was. And this was his third appearance. Seven disciples gathered to the Sea of Galilee. Fishing was their trade, at least three of them. Jesus was absent, so it was back to doing the old things again, the old rhythms of life. Life had become a cycle, a sectarian circle. We're all fishermen. Jesus found us here, here in Galilee, called us out, said he would make us fishers of men. So we go back to the place where he called us. Now he's gone and gotten himself crucified and buried and though he's risen, life has become just this cycle. So Peter says, I'm, I'm going fishing. Anyone up for that? And he got six to go with him. He got Thomas, he got Nathaniel. James and John, two other disciples. And let me tell you, Peter deserted the Lord the night of the cross. Thomas was a doubter. Nathaniel was a critical man. And James and John thought this better than everybody else for a while there. And two other disciples, that's you and me. And the seven fished all night and caught nothing. And it's early morning. And a resurrected Jesus appears and stands on the shore. And he asked them, children, do you have any catch? Do you have, a, you have any meat? Do you have any food? No. He tells them, cast your nets on the other side. Now, what he's telling them is simply this. He's saying, first thing I've got to do is change your attitudes. Peter, you deserted me. It's, what he, it's probably what he's thinking. You deserted me. You need to have a turnaround in your life. Thomas, you're a doubter. You need to have more faith in your life. Nathaniel, you're pretty critical. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You need to have a turnaround. And James and John, you need to lower your expectations a little bit. And here's what he did. He said, if I can get you to do a 180 in that boat, you're going to catch what you've been wanting all night long. And they caught so many that they couldn't even pull it into shore. It's amazing what Jesus does at Resurrection Sunday. He absolutely changes all of our mindsets. Come on, somebody, help me preach. He changes your mindset. Hallelujah. John recognizes Jesus and tells Peter, hey, that's the Lord over there. And Peter puts his coat on because you see fishermen in those days fish naked. I'm sorry, I didn't want to embarrass you. So he had to put some clothes on to go sit, go get to Jesus, jumps in the water and swims and waves at Jesus. And the other disciples come a little later in a little ship, dragging the net of fish with them. And then Simon Peter in verse 11 went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes. Everybody say great fishes. 150 and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. There were 153 fish, folks, in the net, and all the fish that were caught, the net did not break. The Bible also says in verse 11 that the net was full of, say it with me, great fishes. Great. Not great fish, but great individual fishes. You'll catch it after a while. I'm a little slow this morning. This had happened before. This is a repeat story. In Luke 5, Jesus takes Peter's boat and teaches from it. Then tells Peter to launch out into the deep for a draught of fish. And Peter says, Lord, we fished all night. You know night's the best fishing time. We've caught nothing. But he said, nevertheless, it's your word. And when he launched out, he caught a bunch of fish as three and a half years ago in the net break. And Jesus never let him use a net again. Never did. Let him use a pole one time, said, go catch a fish and find a coin in his mouth to pay the taxes. But he never used a net until John 21. 
because he's, his net broke when he caught a catch and he didn't want, Jesus didn't want things to get away from us. So Jesus in Luke was seen as a teacher, not a miracle worker. In Luke, he was seen as a Christ before the cross. In John 21, he was seen as a Christ after the cross. In Luke, he was seen as an earth man. In John 21, he is seen as a resurrected Savior on the shore. See, it makes a difference how you see him today. Do you see grave clothes? Do you see laundry? Or do you see angels? And do you see a resurrected Christ? Do you see a teacher? Or do you see the risen one? The Bible says in John's gospel that the net did not break and there were 153 fish in the net. And they were all great fishes. I'm driving it home. Three things, no break of the net was Peter's part. 153 fish in the net was God's part. And great fish was faith's part. I got a question for all of you this morning. You ready? How big is the great in your world? How big is great in your world? The Bible called them great fishes. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, they are as great as you call them and as big as you believe them to be. Can I declare something to you right now? Can you take a little grain of a mustard seed in your hand and say, God, I trust you for what you're doing in my life? Does it always have to be massive for you to rejoice on a Sunday? Does it always have to be something bigger than you could ever imagine? Or can you take one little baby step toward a new business or one little baby step toward a family getting back together or one little baby step toward a divorce situation getting righted or one little baby step toward a daughter or son being healed and say, that is great in my life. It's amazing what we need to call these things at resurrection. Jesus does great things. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He told Mary and Martha, and I am the life. Can I say something that'll make you shout? 2020 is behind us. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I don't have much vertical now. 2020 is behind us. I see a great church in 2021. I see great miracles, signs and wonders in 2021. I see a great youth, young adult group in 2021. I see a great children's ministry in 2021. I see a great revival of souls in 2021. I see the Holy Spirit of God being poured out on his flesh in 2021. I see healings in 2021. I see great signs in 2021. I see the glory of God on display in 2021. Don't tell me that this church is gonna limp out of this world. It's gonna go out with a shout, a shout. <laughs> what would you have called the catch in John 21? Would you have called it great fishes? Let me, let me preach three little points. Then I'm gonna let you go and take some photos. You know, you know on Easter Sunday, nobody can preach the resurrection great enough. It's just too wonderful, too awesome. But resurrection talk has a different tone. It has a different tone. Here's non-resurrection talk. Well, you know, Lord, Lord. When I cry, I get the heaves. Lord, it's been tough. It's been so tough. 
I think I'm just going to go eat worms. <laughs> Resurrection talk is, it was tough, but we came through it. It was hard that we made it. I didn't like not having church, but we're still here. It's time you put on your resurrection language and start talking resurrection talk. There's great things happening. 10 spies in the Old Testament said, we see obstacles. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb said, we see opportunity. The 10 said, we see houses that are great and vineyards that are great and wells that look good, but the people were giants and we are grasshoppers in our own sight. Not in their sight, but in our sight. Get the grasshopper mentality off of you. This is Resurrection Sunday. I want you to walk out of here understanding that God does great things in our church and great things in your life. Come on now. What's your perception for 2021? Let me take you back to John 21, 153 fish, all were great. Not a small one, not a throwback in the net. All count, all great, all important. In the fourth century, I did a little history research. In the fourth century, there was a historian named Jerome who stated, according to Jewish thinking, you got to get this, in all the seas in the world, every sea had exactly 153 species of fish. In every sea. God did pretty good at creation, didn't he? God just didn't make a bunch of, well, just get out, whatever you want to be, just get out there and do it. <laughs> he made 153 species of fish. And he let those disciple boys catch the best of every species. Let this pastor declare to you today that gospel net is for everybody on this earth. Oh, I'm going to preach now. Every hand I shake, every neck I hug, and everyone that dodges my hugs because you don't like them. Everyone in this house is great. Great people still walk in this worship center every week. There's no throwbacks in the kingdom of God. You count. I count. You're important. You're special. I'm tired of talking about the one that got away instead of talking about the ones that we have caught. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're a great one. You're a great one. Come on. That's why we called it great fishes. Everybody's unique and everybody matters because everybody is great. That's resurrection talk. Number two, resurrection people do what God tells them to do. Cast your nets on the other side. Elisha's a prophet in the Old Testament without a miracle. He's going to be a double portion man. He's a double portion man waiting to explode because his leader had done 14 and he was going to wind up with 28 miracles in his life. An opportunity was about to meet preparation. And a miracle was going to happen. I want to stop and say this. If this double portion crowd right here ever sees the potential in ourself, there's no telling what will happen in your life, in your family's life, in this church's life, in this city's life, in this state's life, in this country's life, in the world. And it starts with me saying, 
God didn't make junk when he made me. He made me great. I don't care what you're going through today. It's Resurrection Sunday. Come on, get in the net. Elisha was in a desert place. There's in a war and he said, make this valley full of ditches. Dig some ditches if you want to see the rain. You won't see the, hear the wind or see the rain, but in the morning, water's going to fill the ditches. Question, Elisha, you didn't tell us how great we need to dig the ditches or how big they need to be. Answer, how much water do you want? Do you want a little pond? Would you like something that a cow could drink out of? Would you like a, a well? Or would you like an ocean? It all depends on how much you like. Just get to digging. God's got something for everybody in this house today. And don't you shove it on anybody else. It's for you. Everybody say, I am a great fish in the kingdom. The next morning, the enemy saw blood where water was. And what was victory to the church was defeat for the enemy. So my question, what size miracle do you need to be happy today? Resurrection enough? According to your faith so shall it be unto you. Meet Addie Asher. Here's Addie. That's my buddy. She's almost three years old there. Check those sunglasses out. I think they're Oakleys. I love the Ashers. There's Austin, there's Jordan, there's little Augie, there's little Nail, and there's my buddy. Look at her. You're supposed to face that mirror, baby, not turn with your back to it. Face that mirror. I love, I love Addie. Three years ago, three years ago, on Easter Sunday, the family was on a little R&R, California, in a VRBO. And about five o'clock in the afternoon, they couldn't find Addie. They were swimming, Austin was cooking, plain and simple. She drowned. She drowned. She was gone when they finally pulled her off the bottom of the pool. Jordan, the mother, is a pediatric nurse. She realized instantly the child is gone. There's no pulse. She has departed. But not only is she a pediatric nurse, she's a spirit-filled woman. And she believed, get everybody you can get on the phone, Austin, let's tell everybody to pray. And she started praying and doing CPR and she did CPR so strong, she broke two ribs in that baby's side. And they finally, the EMS came, took her to a hospital that wasn't the right hospital. Then they airlifted this baby to Loma Linda, which is a pediatric center out in California. And then the doctors looking at her, looking at her, uh, said, She's probably going to have ARDS, which is a, 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 a situation. It's called, I wrote it down here, acute respiratory distress syndrome. So I wouldn't forget it on Easter. Said she may drown even though she's out of water. She's got too much water in her. They never said anything was going to be all right or she's going to be okay. But I want to show you a picture now of her in the crib in the ICU. And there's mama holding her. Things were bleak. Things were bleak right there. Then the next one is two pics of her intubated and then the next one's her sitting bandaged and the doctors around the bed and they're saying there's no hope and then 
There's Austin, her father, one of my dearest friends holding her. Looks like her eyes are open. Something's happening. Huh? Something's happening. There's mom and daddy. And then the last picture, the last picture is her walking. Can we put, can we put that on? There she goes. There she goes. Walking out of ICU. Walking out. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah, baby. Yeah. You know what Jesus, I think, said? He, th he thought, you know what? It's my resurrection day. They're celebrating it. I don't want that couple that trust me and love me to lose their child on resurrection day. I'm going to bring that baby back to life. And God did. And every time I see her, she's six years old now. Every time I see her, I rub that little red head and I hug her because I'm so happy. Folks, you can embrace resurrection here every Sunday when the ashes are here because resurrection works. And I don't care where you are right now. If he got out of the grave, you can get out of your situation. If he got out of the grave, you can get out of your problem. If he got out of the grave, you can get out of your whole situation of life. If he got up, you can get up. It's time for the church to stand up for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fishes, great fishes, great fishes. I read about a teacher that taught a class of mentally challenged teenagers. And he looked at students' capabilities rather than their limitations. And he, he taught them a game of chess and how to restore furniture and repair electrical appliances. And most important, he taught them to believe, to believe in themselves and to believe that all things were possible. And one young student proved how well he had learned the last lesson to believe. One day he brought in a broken toaster under this arm to repair and a half loaf of bread under this arm to eat when it got fixed. <laughs> Listen, when you're carrying the bread of life under this arm, you can put anything under this side and this will win. Because the bread of life is going to take you to another place in another dimension. Everybody say 2021 will be my greatest year. In Jesus' name, I'm going forward with resurrection power. Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. And then the third point, and I'm almost ready to close. I know you hate that. I really mean that. I know you hate that because when we get in the rhythm here, folks, it's fun. It's fun. Resurrection talk is different. Resurrection does what Jesus says. And resurrection hearts see a great revival without limits. Resurrection hearts do not see the world going under. It sees the church going over. Amen? Ezekiel 47 speaks of a man with a measuring line. He measured a thousand cubits from under the altar. A little, a little creek, a little stream went out from the altar, measured 100 cubits, and it was waters to the ankles. He measured another 1,000 as waters to the knees, another 1,000 to the loins, and another 1,000 waters to swim in. After that, there was no more measuring. 
And the reason you can't measure when you're being carried by something besides your own strength. You're in the flow. I want this church to get past just putting your foot in the water. I want it to get past just praying for it to happen. I want it to get past just reproducing what God wants us to reproduce here. I want us to be carried by the Spirit. I want the Holy Ghost to be a part and always a part of what we do here because people need to be changed by the Spirit of God in 2021. Amen. And Revelation 11 speaks of a man measuring the temple. And when he got to the outside, the Lord said, don't measure that. That's unlimited out here. Joel said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. You believe that? And Zechariah speaks of a man measuring the city of Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as a town without walls. God said, I'll be her wall of fire about as well as the glory in the midst of her. God said, you don't need walls. Let me be the fire that separates what you need to have and what you don't need to have. And let me be in the midst of you and we'll walk this church all the way through 2021 seeing great growth and great power and great display and great salvation. Say amen to that. Great fishes are coming to the house of the Lord. Randy, if you'll help me. I got, I got to quit. I got to quit. Did you enjoy Addie's story? Wasn't that precious? Wasn't that precious? Hey, so why 21, Pastor? You hadn't explained why there's a John 21. Okay, I'm going to explain it. Here it is. John 21 was for one man. His name was Peter. It was for one man. Because Peter had had a pandemic in his life. And at the trial of Jesus, he denied he ever knew him. He denied him three times. And later the Bible said Jesus looked at him but never said a word. And even though they had seen Jesus twice after the resurrection, there was no exchange. Jesus wanted to get Pete back on board. In fact, when Jesus said, thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church, the revelation of who he was, he changed his name from Simon, which means reed, to Peter, which means rock. But when Jesus addressed him, he called him Simon in John 21 because Jesus had seen his reversal. He had seen his falling away. He had seen his not caring. And the Bible says that Jesus prepared fish and bread when they came on the shore. And I read in Jewish history, and I think this is so important, that when two enemies wanted to make peace, they would sit down at a meal together and break bread. David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. What he meant was the enemy's not looking at me and I'm getting to eat and be happy and he's out there not getting anything. It means we sit down at the table and we try to bring our differences to resolution. Hallelujah. And Jesus set Pete down, but he called him Simon. And this is the whole meat of the message today. He said, Simon, I got a question for you. Do you love me? Wow. That's the man asking the question. Do you love me? Do you love me more than all of this? Do you love me more than all this? Do you love me more than these? And he asked him agape. 
And Peter said, or Simon said, Filio, I love you, Lord. I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Didn't I just hear that question? Do you love me? Agape. Simon said, I love you, Lord. Filio, brotherly love. He couldn't get on that unconditional love. He couldn't get on that level. And the third time Jesus asked him, Peter, do you, Simon, do you love me? Filio. Simon said, Lord, you know I love you. Filio. You know what Jesus did? He wanted that man to be in his kingdom so bad that he came from agape love to filial love. He got on his level so Peter one day could get on his level. And I want to ask you today, that's the question of the day. Jesus is asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You know what? I let him ask me that question today. Son, do you love me? Are you preaching because you love me? Are you preaching because you just like to preach? Well, kind of both. (laughs) Got to be honest. But I love him. Every Sunday since I've been pastor of this church, when I walk out of my office, I resign my position because this is not my church. It's his. It's his. And I want him to know today I want him to know today that I love you from the bottom of my heart and I'm gonna feed your lambs and I'm gonna feed your sheep and I'm gonna love you unconditionally. I don't want you to have to ask me four or five times, do you love me? I wanna tell you right now, Jesus, I love you. Would you stand all over the building? You're an awesome crowd and I love you so much. If I don't tell you enough, I'm sorry. I want you to raise your hands with me. We're going to all do this together. Dear Lord, I love you today. And I thank you for loving me so much that you'd go to the cross for me, that you would die for me, you'd suffer heartache and anguish for me. Hallelujah. And then you were buried for me. But thank you, Lord, for getting up on this Sunday. Thank you for resurrection. And Lord, I want to see you for the rest of my life. Say it now. I want to see you for the rest of my life as a resurrected Savior in my life. I love you. I want to walk with you. I want a fresh start today. I want a new beginning today. And I want you to help me in my journey. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Put your hands above your heads and clap for the Lord. Clap for the Lord. Okay, you ready? I'm going to hug you. That's all, y'all. Y'all ready here? I'm going to hug you. You ready over here? I'm going to hug you. Now, now, that's just a pastor. I want you to go home knowing that Jesus hugs you. 
with a whole lot more fervent hug than a pastor hugs you. And I want you to have the most blessed day. Don't let anything deter you from resurrection rejoicing today. And I love you. They're going to sing you out of here. Take your time. Get you a photo. I'll see you Wednesday night. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Next Sunday, next Sunday at the movies. I love you. God bless. You're awesome.